Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. So what are you all giving up for Lent? It's nearly that time of year. Listen, I'm only joking. I think we've all had enough abstinence and self-sacrifice to last a lifetime. This is not the time necessarily to be giving up stuff. And if anything, we should be giving ourselves more of what we fancy, not less. And speaking of what we fancy, today we are discussing being single and dating in the pandemic after we received a lovely email from a listener called Emer who wanted to know if we would take a look at that subject because it was very personal to her. So we're going to do that today and I'll tell you more about it in a moment. But first, I wanted to let you know about season three of The Big Night In, which is coming up starting from the 6th of March. We're announcing details of where you can get tickets later this week. But I just wanted you to know in the meantime about some of the brilliant women we have lined up and they include, drumroll please, former Irish president Mary McAleese, fantastic young soul singer Tolu McKay and the wonderful comedian and writer and podcaster Maeve Higgins. So we know this lockdown is going to last a bit longer than maybe we thought. Uh, We have you covered in March all the way through May, every second Saturday night with the big nights in. So keep an eye out on our social at IT Women's Podcast for more details. And we're delighted to be back and we really hope you'll all join us for those. Now, for nearly a year, give or take the odd month when restrictions have been more relaxed, the rules introduced to fight the spread of coronavirus mean that sex between single people or established couples who don't cohabit have in effect been either illegal or against regulations or only allowed outdoors, which I'm shivering even thinking about. In Ireland, 40% of people, which rises to around 71% among 16 to 29 year olds, don't live in a couple. And I think it's fair to say that single people have been sidelined in terms of the government response to the pandemic. Everyone would agree whether you're gay, straight, in your 20s, 30s or 40s, 50s. If you're single, there's a sense that the nuclear family has been a priority. So we thought we should talk about that. Even if you meet someone on an app, which a lot of people do these days, how can a relationship develop when all the natural ways of getting to know someone have been removed? And to discuss all of this yesterday, which was Valentine's Day, I gathered a few interested parties on a Zoom call. Ro McDermott is advice columnist with the Irish Times and she says it's important to acknowledge how difficult it is for single people right now and to take the opportunity to talk about online dating and also about rethinking and reimagining things about dating culture. Philomena Caguaco, blogger, writer and contributor to the Irish Times magazine, wrote a piece in November called Dating in the Age of Covid. So she has spoken to loads of single people who are navigating through this new way of dating and Philomena is one of those people she wrote recently for Image magazine about virtual speed dating and Emily Wicks is a beauty blogger and plus size model from Waterford who also featured on First Dates this year and First Dates is back on our screens actually this week it's all socially distant dates with very long tables and masks and it all looks very strange. I began by asking Ro McDermott about what she's hearing from single people who are struggling at the moment. 
Yeah. So I think the first thing to acknowledge is that single people are having a really hard time. And we're getting a lot of letters into the column saying I'm single or I went through a breakup just before COVID or I broke up with my partner during COVID. And I'm finding this incredibly difficult. And how do you date? And I think what's really important to acknowledge is that a lot of people dismiss single people's concerns around dating and COVID as being kind of frivolous or selfish. And I have to say, I find that attitude so lacking in empathy and missing an understanding of what dating is about, because dating is about connecting with people and it's about hope. It's about the hope of a connection and maybe a relationship, but also it's the hope of just a good evening with someone. Or if it's a bad evening, a good story to tell your friends about later and to connect with them in that way. So dating has always been about hope and connection. And at a time when we're more isolated than ever, we're lonelier than ever, when we're missing these connections, where we're missing meeting new people, I think is a huge thing. Losing a source of connection and hope is really important. So for single people, I really hope that we take those concerns seriously and that their family and friends are taking those concerns seriously and not dismissing the desire to date as something frivolous because it's absolutely not. So I think obviously trying to date during COVID is mainly based around like using the apps and online dating. And I think what's important to realise is that COVID has completely changed the context and circumstance of our lives. And adapting to this new COVID lifestyle and this new COVID, the necessities of connecting with people during COVID, adapting to it and doing things in a new way is probably going to be much easier for people than trying to adhere to this rigid pre-COVID idea that doesn't work anymore and is going to create a lot of anxiety and a lot of resentment. So I think actually moving forward, being open to changing how you've been doing things is really important. And I actually think COVID is offering us an opportunity to get rid of some of the really dysfunctional things that have been normalized in dating culture. Because I think a few things that have been normalized is kind of swiping on endless people and not connecting with anybody. It's not filling out profiles or not reading other people's profiles. It's messaging once or twice and not really starting up a conversation and then moving on to the next person. And it's this level of apathy and lack of thoughtful engagement that's become unfortunately really normalized. And I think adjusting how we're using apps and online dating is really important. So putting in your profile what you're looking for, which goes against another norm of dating. We don't, people are often discouraged from addressing what they really want. You know, men think it's kind of weird or somehow unmasculine to put like, oh, I'm open to a relationship. And women are constantly told that if you say I'm open to a relationship, you'll come across as needy or high maintenance and to not do it. And there's all these horrible gender norms that have been normalized. And I think what we have to do is we have to flip that and actually put your boundaries and your expectations up front and be very clear and say, I'm looking to chat right now. I'm open to Zoom dates right now. I'm open to a relationship. I'd love to be able to go on a date when lockdown is over. And only engaging with people who are able to deal with that, because that is a very, very basic thing to put on an app designed to make a connection with someone. So then what kind of connection that is, everybody should be able to deal with that. And if they're not, they're not the person for you. That is just the basics of it. So I think rethinking how we're engaging with these things is really important. Um, I think another thing that's really coming into the column is people who have suddenly been put into a long distance relationship with their partner because they can't see them and how to cope with that. And I think, again, something that's happening with COVID is people are, I think, overestimating the impact that COVID is having and underestimating at the same time. So people are saying, oh, my God, there's so many breakups happening. Breakups happen all the time. (laughs) And so not saying these are only happening because of COVID. COVID might heighten some things if you're living with your partner and realizing actually 
living together is very tough or there were pre-existing issues that have become more evident or realizing actually maybe I don't want to be in a relationship right now. All of those might happen during COVID. Not all of them are necessarily because of COVID. So I think not catastrophizing COVID to that extent, but also, again, acknowledging the impact that COVID has had on our lives. And again, adapting to these new circumstances so that everyone can sustain themselves. And again, knowing that that's far better than trying to cling to this pre-COVID model. So if your relationship has suddenly gone long distance, if you're used to talking to your partner every day and spending a lot of partner time with your partner every day in person, now having a long phone conversation with them every night might feel like it's more effort because it's a more it's a different type of attention, more focused type of attention. Um, and it might feel quite performative. It might quite feel draining if you're not up for a long conversation. So it might be about saying, yes, pre-COVID, we talk to each other every day. Now let's talk once or twice a week or let's have a date night or let's text more and not talk on the phone constantly because I actually find that quite draining. And realising that that's okay and separating your time into quantity and quality so it might be that you reduce the amount of time you spend talking on the phone but you have a zoom date every week and you treat it like a date you get dressed up you pick out an activity you spend time talking to each other then you either do a youtube tutorial together or you watch a movie together and you like text through it and it's a bit quality time and my favorite thing to recommend to everybody is the new york times have a list of 36 questions to make you fall in love and it's Basically, it's meant to be for like dates, but I think it's such a gorgeous thing to do because it's questions like, what's your biggest regret? What was the most embarrassing moment of your life? Um, if you lost someone in your family, who would have like the biggest impact on you? And it's basic questions about like values and experiences. And I think even for people who have been in long term relationships, sometimes we stop asking those questions because we assume we know the answers. And so asking them again is like growing and evolving with your partner and it's also a way that if you're in if you've had a boring week because a lot of us are having boring weeks there's not much to do if you're in like a conversational rut it's a really gorgeous way of starting a conversation and having a quality conversation where you're really getting to the core of who your partner is and growing with them so I think that's a really big thing to do and Ro I haven't mentioned that we're recording this on Valentine's Day so I want to say happy Valentine's Day to you all I don't know if you're in a relationship Ro are you? My partner is in New Orleans and I haven't seen him for a year this month. So you're in one of those long distance relationships. Yeah. And I think genuinely, I wouldn't give out advice that I thought was just trite. But I think we've been doing the long distance thing for a year now. And I think genuinely what's kept us going is acknowledging when we're having really boring weeks and we don't want to have like we don't have much to say on a like how was your day today it's like nothing I did nothing like I did yesterday um but saying let's ask each other a question or let's have a zoom date or let's talk about a movie we watched or let's pick out something to do and again separating that and not putting pressure on ourselves to perform when we're not feeling like incredibly energetic enough for a conversation and being honest about that has been really good I will say he's in New Orleans where the restrictions are much more lax so he's having more fun than I am <laughs> so I'm living vicariously through his wandering. Bro I'm going to get on to Emily here because to, as well to have that sort of single experience and Emily I saw you nodding a lot the way through what Ro was saying there and um, just to give people a few a sense of the single sort of world out there there's around 40% of people um, rising to around 71% between 16 and 29 year olds who don't live in a couple um, and in April 2020 messaging on Tinder had increased globally by 52% since the start of March which is amazing so Emily is that are you yeah one of these absolutely 
I can vouch. I can vouch for those people for sure. Um, Tell um, us about your personal experience then. So for the last year, I'll be honest, I haven't been on um, many dates at all at all. It's been more so just corresponding through the likes of Tinder or maybe Instagram, sending somebody a cheeky follow, expecting a cheeky follow back, then getting tormented if I don't. <laughs> and just trying to start conversation that way. I do miss um, meeting people because it's all part of it. You know, it's, it's the initial like getting out of your car and seeing the person get out of their car or meeting in a bar or a restaurant. Uh, you know, do you get the butterflies or not sort of thing? So it's definitely different now having to just chat over these different um, social media mediums. But in a way, it's 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 different, but it's not necessarily bad either, because I noticed that, you know, if, if you're not getting the same type of energy back, if you're not getting the same amount of like kind of quality conversation back, then that's a good indicator there. Sometimes, uh, and I did mention this before, if you take away the distractions of a bar and of a restaurant and it's sit down to just pure conversation in black and white, um, you kind of get a better sense of who the person is as well. Like, do they give you the time to respond to your messages? Are they making you, you know, wait um, to hear back? Um, and what are they actually talking about? You know, are they getting into the nitty gritty about their friends and family, things that they genuinely care about? Or are they just asking you, what are you watching on Netflix and talk about a show that you may or may not have seen for about a half an hour and then you can generally lose a bit of interest because it's just I can have that conversation with anyone you know I'm I'm there for a reason I'm there because I would like to meet someone and develop um interests uh discuss each other's interests and yeah so it's, it's it is different um I do miss seeing people but at the same time as I said I do appreciate just the like the getting down just to the bare conversation of it and really getting to know people Myself personally, I have uh, I have chatted to um a few people over the lockdown time, and yeah, some some guys I've spoken to were very very nice. Um, some of them just despite restrictions, just wanted to meet and have a good time, <laughs> and that was it. Which is not what I'm you know interested in. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely kind of a sit like sieving through almost. Um. The men of Ireland. Uh, but, you know, it was it's fun. It, it's definitely an adjustment. It's definitely a different way of dating that I just have to wrap my brain a, a, around. And it's, it's a learning curve. It's not something that I've just spoken to two or three people. I know I've nailed it. You know, I know how to date online. It's definitely everyone is so different and every conversation is different. And Emily, you went on First Dates, that amazing program last year, I, I think. And I just saw the trailer for the, this current series and they're sitting at these really long yeah. tables, sitting very far away from each other. It's kind of funny. What was your experience like in that? I mean, I often wonder about why people apply for that show because it is quite exposing. Um, so I suppose on one level, yeah, you don't you want to be up for that kind of um, reality yeah. TV aspect for a start. For sure. Um, for me, it was just, um, come here, when you're a single for a hundred years <laughs> or for what it feels like a hundred years, you kind of think, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put this in somebody else's hands. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Um, maybe I might find someone, maybe not. If I walk away with a fun experience and I got to meet some nice new people in my life, 
then win-win, you know, there was never kind of an, I know, you know, you hear of online trolling and things like that. And that was definitely a fear, but the experience itself was not something that I was particularly nervous about. For me, it was just uh, learning and meeting new people and enjoying the experience. But the guy I actually went on the date with, Corey, who's from Cork, very nice guy for a first date to go so well and for it to be on TV I mean, I had St. Anthony, St. Joseph, St. Whoever on my shoulders that night because I'm sure, you know, with the with a different person, it could have been a wholly a whole different experience again. So I was very lucky that he was a very nice chap and we still remain friends. Actually, afterwards, I suggested um, he go on a date with one of my best friends because I feel like they were, would have been definitely better matched. But he was a very nice guy. And um, yeah, I'd recommend for anyone to go ahead if, if, you, if it's something that, you know, you have in your mind that you like to do, go for it. Just go for it. Uh, this year's, this year's um, show, I'm sure it's a totally different type of experience because, you know, you are so far away and with, with the um, restrictions. I was very lucky that I got, I, I went last year, just um, hindsight looking back. I mean, I was very lucky, but... I, I'd be mortified now, Dion, I, th- I think, taking off the mask. As you can tell, uh, I wear a lot of lipstick. <laughs> I'm sure half of it would have been left inside the mask, um, which uh, <laughs> may not have been a good date. Yeah. Filmina, let me come to you now, because uh, first of all, I want to ask you about your own experience. And later on, we'll talk about some of the research you've also done for the Irish Times. You've had a very interesting experience recently where you went virtual speed dating. I mean, speed dating never in real life sounds like a nightmare to me, but doing it online, I can't even imagine. Tell us yeah. all about it. Yeah, well, to be honest, like, I've always wanted to try speed dating in real life. And it's just something I always put in the long finger. And as well as that, like we have Tinder Bumble and everything else. It was never something I ever prioritized. I was just like, oh, sure. What's the point when you can just pick up your phone and just find someone from swiping kind of thing? So, yeah, it was always on my list. But I just never got around to it. So when the opportunity came for me to do it virtually, I was just like, yeah, I'll definitely give it a go. Like, why not kind of thing? And I did it with a company called My Cheeky Date. So, like, once you sign up, there's like a series of mini dates that everyone goes on. We had, there was supposed to be 16 of us, so eight little dates, but three fellas didn't show up. So it meant that a lot of us were kind of left. Yeah, we were kind of just sitting there staring at the screen, just waiting for the next day patiently. But um, yeah, the people who I did meet, they were lovely. Like they're, they're quite nice. Like the first fellow was from County Leash and we got on really well. And that was nice. And then there was a few other people, like one person was from Nigeria. The other guy was from like India. So there was a good mix in terms of like ethnicity and, and the age group. I, I chose 32 to 44. So again, there was a lovely mix there. And yeah, so what happens then towards the end is like once you have all your dates done, you get like a landing page and the list of all the men that you went on a date with, as well as like a little box to say like match if you're interested in them. So I chose two fellas who I got on really well with. And in the end, you just get an email just to say like this person also matched with you. Here are their contact details. So yeah, so at the moment, I'm only in touch with one fella who I match with and things are going kind of well there. I just wanted to actually say as well what Ro mentioned. He actually brought up the 36 questions of love. And he was like, oh, we should definitely give that a try. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be trying that. Well, listen, that's your virtual dating, uh, speed dating experience. But you also wrote a very interesting article recently for the Irish Times where you talked to people who were dating through the pandemic. What did you discover from that? Yeah, so I spoke to a number of single people, men, women, couples as well, who happened to meet during COVID. And there's all different sorts of people out there at the moment, I have to say. So there are people out there who are really taking this time to just Number one, try and figure out what they want for themselves. 
so they're not rushing into anything they're just like taking this time to really take stock and ownership of themselves and their wants and their needs and to make sure that they're matching that with the people who are out there so they're not wasting their time just like matching with someone and just you know dating someone just for the sake of dating it but they're actually dating people who they want to be with so that's those types of people and they ended up in relationships which is great and then there are other people out there who are kind of they're using COVID as an excuse to skip the steps of like getting to know someone and just kind of being like, oh, why don't you just call down to me and we'll just have a physical relationship. So they're using COVID as an excuse for that. And then there's other people who just are enjoying being single. And it's not a case where they actually want to actively date. They're just happy enough to have their relationship status as a single person. And they want that to be acceptable as well. So, yeah. <laughs> and how, I mean, what about you? How do you feel um, about your single status or about dating at the moment? Is it a lonely time? Well, absolutely. I mean, I was in a relationship at the start of COVID. So we actually broke up last June, which was a little bit awkward because it was a week before the restrictions started lifting. So well, everyone was like meeting up like, oh, let's have lunch. I was like, no, I'm very happy to stay in lockdown right now. So, yeah, that was so. So I definitely was I was in a relationship. At the start of lockdown and we actually lived together for about seven weeks so I stayed with him in Ranala so I kind of had the experience of like living with someone during lockdown and also dealing with a breakup during lockdown so there you go. That is very tricky I'm sorry for your troubles though I don't like the sound of that but you you, you came through it obviously you, you sound like you've survived. Oh yeah absolutely I mean it's just one of those things obviously a breakup in general is tough and then lockdown on top of that and a pandemic that makes it even more difficult but thankfully I have my friends and my family support so like yeah I'm grand now I'll be all right <laughs> and, and how are you then about this new phase then coming out of the relationship and then with all these restrictions and not being able to do like Emily says it's a, it's a different um experience it's a learning curve do you feel like that absolutely like 100 percent. and I mean just even with the virtual speeding I actually really enjoy that experience because it meant that I didn't have to just spend my time swiping aimlessly I actually developed RSI in my hand <laughs> We're kind of the strain injury just from swiping and just being on my phone too much. So, yeah, it's definitely I'm taking a break from the apps. But, um, yeah, I, I quite enjoy, like, the video calls and, like, doing phone calls instead. So, yeah. And listen, Ro, you know uh, also that there's a bit of a rise in matchmakers at the moment, or that seems to be a thing. I mean, I, I'm I'm not talking about Married at First Sight, which unfortunately I got a bit hooked on. Married at First Sight Australia, <laughs> Jesus, the most addictive television <laughs> I've ever had the misfortune to get into. Um, anyway, that's besides the point, but that's a whole other level of matchmaking. What kind of thing are you saying on that? Sorry, just very randomly, my partner in New Orleans was approached to do basically like a reality TV version of that in New Orleans. And I was kind of like, Trent, I'm bored, Jar, if you want it, off you go. But she decided against it. Um, but I just think it was really interesting listening to Emily talk about first dates and talk about like the, the idea of putting this in someone else's hands and having someone else kind of do the work essentially of it, but make a thoughtful decision on you and then put you with someone who perhaps you wouldn't have chosen, which I always think is really interesting. And I think I'm not going to name any companies because I haven't used them. So I don't want to give advertising to companies who might be not as effective as they're promising to be. But there is definitely an increase in people looking at online relationship coaches and online matchmakers. Um, and I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people have also gotten out of the habit of because apps are so prevalent and they're so accessible. People have kind of gotten out of the habit of saying to their friends, like, oh, do you know anybody who would be good for me? Which used to be the way that you would meet people. And again, it's about people, it's about other people looking at perhaps you in a way that you wouldn't think about yourselves or looking at someone who you might who might suit you and you might get on with really well, who you wouldn't come across usually um, and putting them together. And I think 
the benefit of these kind of services and the benefit of people who even sign up to kind of the speed dating events that Philomena was using is that these are people who are very open to new experiences and are very open to meeting someone in kind of unconventional ways, but also in thoughtful, engaged ways. And I think it's actually a real sign of someone being like very genuinely interested in making a connection. So I think I definitely wouldn't dismiss them, even though they've kind of fallen out of fashion. The fact that they're coming in is speaking to a loss of something or a lack of something on the apps, which is that kind of thoughtful engagement, which I just think is really interesting. And I think people shouldn't rule out these possibilities. But I also love what Filomena was saying about people enjoying being single, but also if people want a relationship, taking this time to think about what they really value. And I think for single women, particularly who are maybe in their 30s, who are you know, thinking about having kids or settling down. And that's obviously bringing up a lot of issues and anxieties in terms of, you know, just kind of biological clock stuff and worrying about that. I think it's about thinking about what you value. Like, are you really, is it possible that you want to prioritize motherhood regardless of whether you're in a relationship? Is it that you want to really come out of COVID and thoughtfully engage with dating in terms of, I'm only looking for men who are very open to the idea of starting a family and are upfront about that. So I think it's again about prioritizing what is important for you right now and what you want your relationship life, relationship life or your dating life to look like when you come yeah. out of this. Can I ask you about that actually? Because um... Um, Ro, one of the reasons we wanted to do this, apart from the fact that it's a uh, Valentine's season, was an email that we had from a listener called Emer. Can I just read it out to you and uh, maybe you can sure. do um agony ant for us live on on this episode and um, she says hello all love the podcast but I have a request your new year's podcast which looked back on the last year and all the issues was great but nowhere did it address single women in lockdown I'm going to be 40 this year I was in a relationship for years before my partner died when I was 30 tragically not too long after we got engaged and over the last few years I've been slowly accepting this and now I'm ready for a relationship but I face a struggle how to date in this lockdown there's the fear of passing COVID onto family if I'm meeting someone new and also that my chances of having children are slowly slipping away there are so many people that have seen their lives stand still and it's a scary place despite feeling very grateful that I and my family have their health I'd love if you could address this have you any thoughts for Emer? because that's obviously a really difficult situation but she probably is addressing something a lot of listeners might be experiencing that sense like you said you want children or you're you've got certain values in your life but the pandemic is really like this huge obstacle in the way of it yeah so I think first of all from that letter specifically I think what's really important to acknowledge is what a huge emotional transformation and evolution that is to go from such a terrible state of grief after a really horrific tragedy and then to be in a place where you're hopeful about the future and you want to get back out there and that in and of itself is really important and I think something COVID is doing is that it's making our lives feel very stagnant and again we might be overestimating how perfect our life would be without COVID. There's almost this idea of like, there's an alternate co- like COVID free life where we would have immediately met the love of our life had we started dating. And I think the pressure, the idea that our lives are stagnant affects a lot of people. What you have to remember is that it's affecting everybody. It's not like everybody who is single is somehow moving beyond you or is somehow getting more dates than you or is progressing without you. So I think not falling trap like prey to that kind of comparison trap both comparing yourself to other people and thinking I should be at a certain stage of my dating life right now 
or also falling prey to the comparison trap of like your alternate COVID free life. It mightn't have been perfect. You might have been going on the worst dates of your life and I might have put you off dating for a while. So I think really appreciating where you are and appreciating that hope is really important. Um, I think something that is in that letter, which is really important, which I am slightly disappointed in our government in the fact that they haven't addressed this, is the idea of meeting up with somebody and going on a date or having sex or if it's you're in a relationship with someone you haven't seen them other countries have made allowances for this and I know for me personally I was keeping an eye on there were a few European countries that said if you were suddenly in a long distance relationship with somebody but you had been with them for over three years you were now treated as if you were married and you could travel to see them and there was no law or regulation like that in Ireland in Belgium they've invented a concept of a nuffle contact which is now if I get a second we have to talk about this thing I don't know. I feel like I have to put on an accent when I say nuffle contact. What's nuffle contact? It literally means a hug buddy, but basically, basically it's kind of a casual sex partner. And this is how people are meeting up. But I think what it's acknowledging is that people have sexual desire and people who are single are suddenly going out without sex or any physical contact and any physical affection in a way that people who are partnered up aren't. And that's really, again, it's one of those things that can be dismissed as being quite frivolous, but it's very important for people's mental health. Touch starvation in kind of affectionate, platonic or sexual ways is really important. Um, and I think there haven't been any um, ways of addressing that in Ireland in terms of saying, if you want to date someone at a certain stage of lockdown when you're allowed to meet up with certain people, let's talk about how to do that safely. And to me, that involves being, again, very upfront about expectations and safety in a way that is completely the antithesis of how we usually date, of saying, let's talk about the possibility that we might want to have sex with each other. And how do we do that? Or how do we like talk about physical affection and physical contact? Are you comfortable literally isolating two weeks before and two weeks after we date? Let's talk about the amount of people you've had physical contact with. And having those conversations and not feeling like if I bring this up, there's an assumption I have to have sex, because of course, that is not true. It's always going to be about consent, about saying that this is too much or it's too serious. We're in a global pandemic. Safety and comfort is paramount. And if you're going on a date and in the back of your head, you're worrying, oh, my God, am I going to get my mother sick if I visit her after this date? You're not going to be able to enjoy it. So it's about saying, how do we do this safely? And I think normalizing these conversations is really important. And I think that should have been addressed, I think, kind of on a countrywide scale um, in terms of safety and relationships and how to mitigate that. But in your personal life, you can do that. You can say if we meet up or if we're chatting online and we want to meet up when lockdown lifts, how do we do it safely? Who have you been in contact with? Are you basically OK with us being exclusive for this period of time? And again, not feeling ashamed of that or feeling like it's being high maintenance. These are the circumstances of our lives and these should be really normal conversations that we have. I want to bring Philomena in here because you mentioned that uh, touch hunger, I think it's called, or affection deprivation. And Philomena, you did some uh, work on that for Image magazine recently, didn't you? What did yeah. you find? Yeah, I was speaking to a psychologist that's based in County Mead. She was actually quite insightful on this topic. And she was saying that like loneliness is it's a higher chance of people dying from loneliness in comparison to smoking 15 packs a day. So like it is really important for people to have that sort of um, physical touching the relationship when it comes to friendship or emotional as well and yeah like there's certain hormones as well that are released when we do 
touch in case like oxytocin and dopamine like and that's really important for people so yeah yeah it's funny I was listening to something on the radio earlier about um this whole thing and even when you're in a relationship I have to tell you sometimes you have to remind yourself about the touch thing I just got my boyfriend yeah. to give me an old back rub there it was very nice because yeah. <laughs> he has this massage um <laughs> qualification which I just don't think he uses enough you know so I, I've resolved to keep the old grapeseed oil beside the bed so that whenever I feel like you know I'm sorry you your boyfriend has a massage qualification and you're not demanding that he practice like every night. Oh my God. I know this is on my mind, but I am beginning to. This is from this day on, I am going to be exercising my right to have a massage. Um, Emily, just talking about that touch hunger and that sort of loneliness about this situation. Are you feeling that and how are you kind of um, working around it or what, what do you find you're doing to to avoid kind of getting very down about all that side of things? I'll be honest with you now, Roisin. I live at home with my family. It's going to be very hard to feel lonely <laughs> when you live with my family. Uh, we're a very close family all together. So I live with my mom, my dad and my younger sister. And um, since the pandemic, uh, we're literally in each other's pockets. Um, so but even though we can be surrounded with people, uh, you know, there are times where I, I could be sitting in the chair thinking, although it's fantastic to have your family here and everything else, it'd be nice to have... Uh, a nice boyfriend to rub my back, for example, uh, you know, but it, it is, you know, and the only thing is a lot of my friends are actually quite single. So if it is the case that there'll be times there where I think, geez, you know, today is such a lovely day. I'd love to go out to the beach for a nice walk. Um, I'd get a 99 if if the shop is open. Um, who do I do that with? You know, it's, it's the idea of kind of missing experiences um, you know, rather than just saying, yeah, I have a boyfriend. It's 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 missing those sort of things um, together. But, you know, as I said, my a good few of my friends are single. And if it's the case where one of us feel like that, we just chat to each other and someone cracks a joke and all of a sudden you kind of almost forget uh, that you were down. You know, we're all in this together sort of thing and we have each other and, oh, you know, the whole idea of galentines. I know a lot of people um, might like that phrase, but... That you could be worse off than spend than you know than not being able to spend Valentine's with your gal pals and sending each other funny memes and things like that. So if I ever feel down about being lonely, I, I can either I, I'm lucky in the fact that I have a support group, I have a great friend group, and I have my family with me. So yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I know who to go to. I, I think, you know, it's all very well. Like I mean, I'm nearly 50, you know, like I said, I have my boyfriend and my kids, you know, I feel in so many ways very lucky. But when I do think about younger people, I just think how unfair it is because it's that time of your life when really it's all about spontaneity. And I know you've got the apps, but there is also the thing of meeting someone out somewhere or just bumping into someone randomly. It's all that fun and excitement and not knowing. And all of that has been wiped out for people. Rose, that's something you're feeling or, or sensing from people that that's kind of a, a sadness there that almost like everything's on hold and all the, the joy is on hold. The fun is on hold. Yeah, I think people are really missing that. Again, that idea of spontaneity and meeting someone new and meeting someone unexpected. And even I think people are just missing those moments of connection that don't necessarily go anywhere, but just bring you a bit of joy in the moment. And again, flirting, for example, Mae Higgins wrote a great piece in The Guardian, like just that joy of having a little moment with somebody, you know. And this is the thing. And I think, again, one thing that I just hope we do is that we acknowledge what we're missing, those moments of flirtation that don't necessarily go anywhere, but just add a little bit of spark to your day and rethinking where we might have gone wrong with flirting. Because I 
I love flirting. I'm like a flirty person. My partner is a very flirty person. We always have this attitude of like, go flirt with someone else. Off you go. Enjoy yourself. Get your little good boys. And then come back to me and we will enjoy ourselves. And that's great. I think somewhere we've gone wrong is that we think flirting has to have an end goal or an intention behind it in terms of where is this going? And I think what's a real problem is I think this affects straight women hugely is the notion that if I flirt with someone, in this case, like a straight man, they're going to assume this is going to have to go somewhere and they're going to take it to a level that I'm not comfortable with. The idea that if I flirt with someone a little bit, they're going to immediately jump to if it's online, like sending me an obscene message or a photograph or jumping to physical contact instead of just enjoying this moment for what it is and taking it very slowly and then seeing maybe if we want to take it anywhere or if this just is this gorgeous moment of spark and connection, a bit of sexual attention with somebody and we go about our lives feeling a bit like more attractive that day. And I think removing that idea of this has to lead somewhere is really important. And I think it would make everyone feel a lot safer flirting and a lot more, make it feel more fun instead of slightly unsafe and like you're constantly balancing this line of, I not only have to control myself in this situation, but I have to anticipate and control their reaction, which is a consent issue, obviously. Ro, on that consent issue, I find it really interesting because at the moment, just not just in relationships or in sexual matters, but just generally, we are much more aware of each other. You know, even just standing in a queue, making sure we're distanced from each other, the respect and the civility for the most part, because I know there's people who don't do all of that thing, but for the yeah. most part, do you think that's going to feed in and just have a natural feed in when this is all over? Because it's going to be over. It has to be over at some point you know feed into our relations um, and our romantic things as well in that we've kind of become more used to saying you know I'm not comfortable with that or can you step away from me is that good in general for for these romantic consent issues do you think? I hope so and I think the danger is that we're all going to be so touch starved and so eager to engage that we're going to run into a nightclub and just try and lick everybody's faces um, and I think the thing is not over correcting from where we are now and going no everybody wants to touch everybody no they don't some people are very very happy with the fact that they haven't had like a straight guy accidentally caressed the lower part of their back while at a bar there's no need for it you don't do it to lads just stop um, but I think really embracing this and normalizing right now and then keeping what works so that idea of like let's have a flirt and then leave it there don't touch me this is fine this is just about this moment we're going to go off and the idea of having those conversations about safety and expectation up front like the idea that covid these conversations we have a bit like who are you seeing like let's talk about safety let's talk about our boundaries before we meet up let's keep having those conversations when we meet up those are so easily transferable to sex and to physical contact and to boundaries generally that I really hope that we embrace them. And honestly, I think if we had become more comfortable with them before COVID, we'd be in a much better state because we'd be able to say, this is what I'm comfortable with. Let's have a chat about safety. Let's keep this conversation going. And I really hope that we bring that forward. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it'll be more maybe for people who are uncomfortable with that or had difficulty. We've had to get comfortable with it now. So maybe we've broken that seal, some people anyway, to to be able to talk about it. I want to finish by asking you all when it is over, what it is romantically or uh, yeah, relationship wise that you're most looking forward to doing like what is your little fantasy when you can do whatever you want what what would you like to do Philomena oh god uh it's funny because in my mind the first thing I'd like to do is just go swimming (laughs) go to a swimming pool again um in terms of romance 
just go on an actual date. Like, I'm just so over these Zoom dates. Um, just an actual date where you have dinner in front of you, a nice glass of red wine, and you have a waitress. So just, yeah, just the actual being in a date setting in a restaurant, yeah. Isn't it incredible? It's something that we took so for granted. Yeah. It seems like this big, amazing thing. I, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And what about you, Emily? I think for me, um, this might sound really corny, but for someone to hold the door that that's not two meters away. Um, I feel like we've been so uh, socially distant from anybody, um, anybody and everybody that if someone can just, you know, that doesn't feel the need that to run away almost, that they can just stay in the one spot, open the door for you. You can walk past them with ease. And l- like Philomena, have a normal date that you're not sitting 100 yards from somebody. Um, those little things or um yeah exactly holding somebody's hand there's a lot to be said for holding someone's hand yeah there is and it's really important and it's so nice and again so simple Ro what about you with your long distance will you just be getting the first <laughs> plane ticket over there or will he come over here what do you think uh I'm dying to go back over he's in New Orleans I love New Orleans I've kind of been considering moving over so I'm dying to go back to the city my thoughts are really very on PG so again haven't seen my boyfriend in a year so you'll forgive me if I'm not PG but in terms of you'll forgive you because we love a bit of not PG <laughs> we've kind of said like he's not going to see his friends for like a month we're just going to be in a hotel room somewhere um, and we're going to be happy out. but I think in terms of PG moments I love like I don't go out a huge amount in Ireland because my friend called me the other day and called me Hermit McDermott and I was like if you're calling me Hermit McDermott in a pandemic that's I mean it's intense but I love going out dancing in like the George or somewhere and having that moment when you're having a bit of dance and you lock eyes with someone and you just have this moment of oh I might just make this move a little bit sexier right now and then it doesn't go anywhere but you just have this moment with somebody I love that so much so I'm looking forward to that. Hermit McDermott you're amazing I'm so so jealous that your surname rhymes with Hermit actually because I find I'm I'm really embracing my inner hermit these days and quite loving it. So to actually have a name that rhymes with it, that is like... I think it just speaks to you how COVID didn't change my lifestyle that much, which is sad, but... Listen, it's been amazing talking to all of you, especially, Ro, your on PG thing there. I love the honesty <laughs> and I think a lot of people will relate to it. You know, I mean, it's so important. It's such an important part of of our lives, you know, that intimacy and that connection with people and no shame in it at all. I think one other thing, if we can get, if we can take from this COVID time, people, amp up your sexting skills. This will serve you well throughout the rest of your life. Just do it. Just commit to reading some erotica, getting the language down because it's something you can take with you. Bro, I feel like, would you come on um, another time and do, we could do a whole podcast about sexting because honestly, yeah. I think if you're saying you can up your sexting game, I mean, I hadn't even considered that. So that's a whole other world. I think we need to do that. Um, and maybe uh, Emily and Philomena can join us for that as well, if you're interested in upping your sexting game. <laughs> and it sounds like it to be really important in the in the months to come. So listen, thank you very much, all of you, for thank a really so great much. chat. And thank the you. best of luck in all your romantic endeavours. Thank you. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks to Ro, Philomena and Emily. And if you have any issues you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, email the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 